hello there, and welcome to another edition of Daily in the Word. I am Rich Chassie, and I am your host and teacher here on this day as we are in the Gospel of John, looking at John chapter 2 today. I want to encourage you to, as we embark once again on this daily journey through the Gospel of John, to take your Bibles and open them up to John chapter 2. We're so glad that you are with us today. I hope that you will begin to see that getting into the Word of God on a daily basis is really going to impact your life. It may not happen overnight, but as you are committed to daily immersing yourself into the Word of God, that God's Spirit is going to use His Word to begin to make changes in your life, and you may not even notice it over over uh, short periods of time, but as you look back, as you look back in your faithful dedication to getting into the Word of God, and you'll be able to see, you'll be able to see how God uses that in your life. So I want to encourage you again, John chapter 2, we're going to begin reading in verse 1, and we're going to go through verse 12 today and look at this miracle. This is the first of the seven signs. And so here we go. Chapter 2, verse 1. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. There they stayed for a few days. Now, it's interesting that the account here of Jesus changing the water to wine in uh, John chapter 2 is not found in any of the other what are called synoptic gospels. That's Matthew, Mark, and Luke that seem to follow a similar pattern. And in John's gospel, doesn't follow that pattern at all. Part of that may be that since Matthew has not been called to be a disciple yet, he was not at this particular wedding and therefore does not write of this account in his gospel. It's also interesting to note that this miracle, this sign, is private in the sense that it's just Jesus's mother his disciples, and perhaps a few servants who knew of this miraculous event, what Jesus 
had done. None of the guests knew. Certainly the master of the banquet at the wedding didn't know and wasn't aware of what was going on behind the scenes there. And it's also interesting to note that John, again, refers to this as a sign. In other words, John, in writing about these, certainly they're miraculous events, but he wants to take the emphasis away from the idea of the miraculous or the wonder or the power, and he wants to emphasize the sign aspect of this, that that the significance of this miracle points to who Jesus is, that he is indeed the Messiah, the Son of God. Now, this wedding takes place in Cana. Most scholars agree that it's probably somewhere nearby Nazareth. That's southwest of the Sea of Galilee. Certainly his mother was there. He had been invited. His disciples, his brothers and sisters were there as well. Now, it's interesting to note that these weddings, Middle Eastern, these Jewish weddings could last for up to seven days. And some of it depended on on a person's wealth. If the family was wealthy, it would go for a week's time. And they had quite the celebration when they had a wedding. And it was quite elaborate. We, we see some aspects of this in other parts of John, John chapter 14, the, the bridegroom who goes to retrieve his bride. And there the celebration would kick off and all of that would, would go on. And then this lengthy celebration, this joyous celebration, again, would last for some time. Now, if you weren't as wealthy, it might not go that long, depending on how much you had to provide for the guests. And of course, that's what caused the problem here in John chapter 2 with them running out of wine. That would have been a, a disaster for the for the hosts of the party, if you will, that they would run out of wine at this early time. And so Mary brings this up to Jesus they have no more wine. And the response of Jesus is quite incredible, to our ears anyway, it's quite incredible. Now, was Mary expecting a miracle? Perhaps not. Not real sure what she was expecting, why she was informing Jesus of this. Was she expecting Jesus to maybe raise some funds or to get out and try to provide some wine in some other way? Or was there something miraculous in the back of her mind? She would not have seen Jesus perform miracles up until this point. We find that out in verse 11, that this is the first of the miracles or signs through which Jesus revealed his glory. And then the way that Jesus talks to his mother, the word woman, he addresses her as woman. And to our American ears, that sounds almost disrespectful. But let me assure you, in this culture and the way that they spoke, this word would have been a term of endearment. Woman, even in my ear, it just sounds not right. But again, in, in the way that they spoke and the words that they used, this would be maybe similar to mama or 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 dear woman, or or something along those lines. Why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. In other words, Jesus is reminding her that this time where Jesus was to be sacrificed for our sins, to be presented to Israel as the Messiah, their rejection of him, and then the subsequent sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, that time, that hour had not yet come. And 
you see him use this phrase, my hour has not yet come, throughout all the way through chapter 8. Jesus used that phrase, my hour has not yet come. And so his mother in verse 5 says, do whatever he tells you. And again, I don't know what the expectation was, but there's a sense where Jesus was being submissive to her son, who she knew who he was, that he was the coming Messiah, but not yet, or how does all of that work? And certainly they were trying to figure that out, the both Mary and the disciples. And then in verse 6, nearby six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. These are huge stone jars that were used in the ceremonial cleaning, their purification rites. And boy, if these people knew that they were drinking water or wine that were used for the cleaning of their hands, the ceremonial cleaning of their hands, they would have been aghast by that. But again, they did not know where this wine was coming from. They just knew that it was good stuff. So Jesus tells them, now draw some of the water out and take it to the master of the banquet. And and so they did that, and the master of the banquet tastes the water that had been turned to wine. He didn't know where it was coming from, but he's like, whoa, this is really good stuff. So he calls the bridegroom aside and he says, listen, everyone brings the good stuff out first and then the cheaper stuff once they've had too much to drink. But you've saved the best till now. And herein lies the significance of this sign, this miracle, this wonder of Jesus turning the water to wine. What Jesus is showing his disciples, what Jesus is showing to us, is that the new order of things is better than the old order. That Christianity, through through what Christ was going to provide on the cross, is better than the Old Testament sacrificial system. That there's a sense that that you have saved the best till now, that the Lord saved the best, what his gift to us, his children. It was a good gift in the Old Testament. The gift of the sacrificial system was sufficient at least to temporarily pay for our sins, to put off the requirement of of the payment for our sins until his son would come. And then when Jesus came, he provided for us a new and better, much better wine, a new and better gift that through what he would do for us on the cross would completely and utterly pay the penalty for our sin. Now, the text goes on in verse 11 to say that what Jesus did here in Cana was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. And this initial faith that they're displaying in Jesus is undeveloped at this point yet, that it's not fully there, that there was much that they did not understand, much that they needed to learn about truly who Jesus is. And then it says in the text that after this event, that he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. And it's at some point in this time frame where Jesus begins to be alienated from 
his family, his mother and brothers. Uh, The text goes on, both in John and the other Gospels, to talk about how his brothers thought that Jesus was basically off his rocker and they needed to intervene. And Capernaum becomes now for Jesus kind of his his headquarters, his jumping-off point for ministry, more so than Nazareth. He will visit Nazareth again, but it won't be his home base any longer. Lord, we thank you for your word once again, and thank you for the story of this sign, this wonder, this miracle that Jesus performed for a select few people, but now here we are able to read about it and and to know and to understand why Jesus performed this miracles to again bring about the faith of those who didn't know, for those who were learning who Jesus is, and may we, may our own faith increase in the sense that we have a better understanding of you and of what you had come to do. Lord, thank you that this new wine that you provided at that wedding was a picture of this new and better gift that we as New Testament believers get to be partakers of. Lord, we thank you for your shed blood on the cross, the sacrifice that you freely gave that we might know you, that we might be forgiven of our sin, that we might live in a new and better way in a way that recognizes that we don't have to sin any longer. We don't have to give in to it. We can be tempted, but we don't have to succumb to that temptation and give in to our sinful thoughts and ideas. Lord, thank you that you have saved us through your sacrifice on the cross. And Lord, we love you and we praise you and we ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Thank you again for listening in and joining us as we read through the Gospel of John. Again, I encourage you to invite friends and family to come and and join us here on this podcast on Daily in the Word. And we'll see you again next time. Have a great day.